Well, beloved, turn with me to the word of the Lord. We have already touched on our text this morning in our scripture reading. It is in Isaiah 43, 18. Where it reads, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Let's give the Lord praise for his word on this morning. And before you are seated, Lady, and De Lady Deandra and I also want to thank all of you for your happy birthday wishes and your cards and your gifts. Amen. Praise the Lord. Lady Deandra make 35 look real good, don't she? <laughs> but she and I love you so very much. It's, it's so good to see you all today. Looking at all the things that God has done and is doing and being here with you and our brothers and sisters online, it always overwhelms me now with a sense of gratitude and thankfulness. It is my great honor to serve you as your pastor. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me. My soul cries out, hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Thank God for blessing me. Can we just take a second to give the Lord praise on this morning? Give the Lord praise if he's done something for you in the house of the Lord on today. Give the Lord praise if he's touched you and made a way out of nowhere. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. But keep that spirit of praise on your lips and in your heart on this morning. I'll have to admit, though, that even though I've been giving the Lord praise for his faithfulness and all that he has done, I am still trying to wrap my mind around all of the change and the transition that has been going on that is still going on around us. In the wake of everything that's been going on even since the epidemic, things seem to have been happening at breakneck speed. I have to stop myself and take a second to realize that this is my life now. That this is our lives now. I know that things seem to have settled down to a certain degree and even as you heard Elder Blake say on next week, the mask mandates have been removed and COVID cases are now at an all-time low and we've been gathering Again, things seem to be returning to some semblance of normalcy in our lives. But we still can't shake the feeling as we look at the world today that things are never going to be like they were 
in times past. How many of you know that things are never going to be the same? It's, it's, it's hard to define. We really can't put a, a finger on it, but there's still that sense of uncertainty, of change. That sense that the unknown still looms before us because in all actuality, it does. I've mentioned it before and that there are two things that people really hate in life. The first thing that people hate is change. The second thing that people hate more than change is sudden change. It has been said that nothing is so painful to the human mind and the human psyche as sudden change. But the only thing that will never change, my brothers and sisters, is the fact that there will be change. Nothing stays the same. Nothing. People grow and mature. For better or worse, they change. Most of the times, we want things to stay the same. Some of us who are older remember the music that we grow up with. We look at disdain at the newer styles of music that are on the scene right now. We say they just don't sound like that. They just don't do it like they're supposed to, like they used to. We remember the way that we used to dress. And some of us look down our noses at the, at the way that young people dress nowadays, not realizing that when we were younger, the older folks used to look down on and criticize the way that we used to dress. Lady May and Bishop used to hate that I used to wear my pants and my clothes too baggy. <laughs> and now I think that my nephews and everybody else in their age range wears their pants a little bit too tight. I don't know, they still had the skinny jean things going on. I don't know. I might be a little bit too heavy for all of that. Amen. But when we look at our children, it's hard to accept the fact that they are changing right before our eyes. I look at my sons, Charles and Julian. Let's praise the Lord for them on this morning. <laughs> but I look at Brother Charles and I look at Brother Julian and I see them getting taller. I see their, their, their shoulders getting broader. I hear their voices starting to get a little deeper. After looking at me, take some of the bass out of your voice now, there, boy. Take some of the bass now. Turn it down. Turn it down. I see them developing and expressing their own opinions and perspectives, pushing against the boundaries that I and Lady Deandra are trying to set to protect them as they were younger. They're getting older now, and they're starting to outgrow certain aspects of their childhood. They're getting older, which means I'm getting older. <laughs> A few more grays going on here. I joke that somebody needs to slow this train 
down just a little, but it keeps rolling right along. In fact, the older I get, the faster this train seems to be going. I know someone in here knows what I'm talking about. We'd like to keep things as they are just for a second. We like to keep them as they were when things were at a certain point for us, but things change. I would love to look like and be in the same shape I was when I was 23 years old, but God let me know a long time ago that my wish is not his command. <laughs> but the truth is we resist change. We get used to the way things are even if we don't like them. You see, we like normality. It gives us a sense of stability and predictability in a world that can be very unpredictable at times. We get used to and we like to hold on to our routines. They give us a sense of consistency. They give us a sense of stability. Even if we wish our circumstances were different and we're praying for our circumstances to change, we get used to them. You may hate the job that you have right now. You dread hearing that alarm go off every morning because it signals another day of having to go to that place you hate and deal with those people that you don't like and doing that thing that you would not rather be doing and you'd rather not be doing at that moment. While you're there, you're looking at that clock wishing that the hours would pass by faster so you could just get to the end of the day and you could just go home and get away from that place and that job that you hate. But you stay in that job. You stay in that situation because the consistency and the, and the predictability of the limbo that you are living in is more secure than the uncertainty of the unknown and leaving trying to find another job. You stay in that situation because you believe that the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. So you sit there afraid to step into the unknown, afraid to change. Some of us may have gotten a bad report from our doctor. The doctor told us that we needed to make a change in the way that we live our lives. A change in our diet, a change in our routines, a change in the level of our physical activity so that we can have a better quality of life or even save our life. But what do some of us do? We resist the change that we need to make our lives better. There have been those that have been, been very close to me that couldn't make the changes they needed to make even though those changes would have saved their life. If they could have made these changes, 
that they needed to make if they would have moved into a new thing, a new way of thinking, they would be here with us today, but they didn't. They're gone, and it hurts because they could be here now if they had only changed. But the truth of the matter is God is constantly doing a new thing. Amen. Even though our God is eternal, he is dynamic. He is never static. Yes, he is immutable, but he is never unmoving. This is expressed throughout nature. There is nothing about this universe that God has created that stays the same. Everything, everything changes. It is the way of nature. You never know it living here in beautiful, sunny Southern California because it's always beautiful out here, minus the occasional rainstorm. Amen, praise the Lord, but... Ain't nothing wrong with some rain in the middle of a drought. Now, y'all stop complaining. Amen. But seasons change. Spring turns into summer. Summer turns into fall. Fall turns into winter. And winter into spring. Time marches on. Ecclesiastes 1 and 5 says the sun rises and the sun sets and hurries back to where it rises. The wind blows to the south and turns to the north. Round and round it goes, ever returning to its course. All streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never full. To the place that the streams come from, there they return again. Always movement, always change. At this very second, the earth is speeding around the sun at 66,627 miles an hour. 66,627 miles an hour is how fast we are moving around the sun at this very second, constant, consistently. It is spinning on its axis at 1,000 miles an hour. Right now, you thinking you're sitting still or you're actually moving that fast, it is a delusion to think that you or anything else is in the same place that you were even the fraction of a second ago. You only think you're sitting still, but you are traveling at about 66,627 miles an hour. Whether we know it or not, God is constantly doing a new thing. The question is, my brothers and sisters, is do we recognize the new thing that God is doing? 
Now, I'm not saying that we have to jump on every new trend because it's popular at the moment, but we have to be in tune with what the Spirit of the Lord is doing when he's bringing about a shift. It's tragic when you don't recognize the shift, when you don't recognize the new thing that God may be doing. If you don't believe me, just ask yourself, when was the last time you saw a Blockbuster videotape rental store? Y'all remember Blockbuster? When was the last time you saw a Tower Records or a Warehouse record store? You walked into a store to buy some music. A new thing sprang forth, and they didn't see it. I like to keep my old Blockbuster membership card around just to remind me to watch for when God is doing a new thing. I want to make sure I see the new thing. I want to make sure that I move with it. How many of you here who will admit it still have a VCR or a DVD player in your house sitting on top of your TV getting dusty? Probably holding up the new TV that you have there that you look at. You ain't bought no DVD or no videotape in about 10 years now. <laughs> just sitting there gathering dust. You just ain't even throwing it away yet. <laughs> but don't get me wrong. The heart and the character of God never changes. He says it himself in the word, I am the Lord and I change not. But he is consistently expressing himself in different ways to and through his people. Only God cannot change but be changing all the time. The problem is that we don't always recognize it. Throughout the Bible, God would actively, visibly interact through the lives of his people. He miraculously freed the children of Israel from bondage in Egypt. He performed miracles of power and provision as he freed them and led them to the borders of the promised land. But they had been in slavery for so long that their, their mindset kept them from being able to recognize the new thing that God was trying to do in their lives. I think you know where I'm on my way to now. God was trying to do a new thing. He had made it spring forth. He tried to turn them from slaves into conquerors, but they could not see it. That generation saw the greatness of God in the wilderness but could not see the new thing that God was trying to do in their lives. They couldn't let go of the former things and their whole generation ended up going extinct in that wilderness. Only Joshua and Caleb who recognized the new thing that God was doing made it into the promised land. At the time of our text, because they had abandoned their covenant with God and 
because of their sins, the children of Israel yet again found themselves in a situation. At the time of our text, they had been in captivity and exile by the Babylonians for close to 70 years. It's all their generation knew. They didn't even know their homeland. God was going to do a new thing and return them to their homeland. He had to tell them through Isaiah to not remember the former things, the time, not to remember the time that they had spent in captivity. God wanted to put their minds and their hearts on a new work that he was about to do, so he began with a reminder to not remember the former things or consider the old things. He was telling them that if they were stuck in the, in the failure and in the sin and, the, and of the discouragement of the past, then they would never move forward into the new thing that he was doing. Now, this beautiful passage, this is a beautiful text, this beautiful passage has within it four aspects of God that God expresses to us as his people. The first aspect is a declaration from God. That declaration is that he is going to do a new thing. The second aspect is also a declaration. It's, it will spring forth. Not only will it spring forth, but it will spring forth now. Not later, not further down the road one day, but now, everybody say, now. That's the second aspect. Now, the third aspect is different, though. God doesn't make a declaration, but he asks a question. The question is, will you not know it? Will you not see it? The first two aspects are about what God is going to do through his will and through his power. One, he's going to do a new thing. Two, now it will spring forth. But then he puts the responsibility on us. Will we see it? Will we recognize it? Will we catch what God is trying to do when God is bringing forth a new thing? Will we catch what God is trying to do when it springs forth? Will we be able to forget the old things, the former things. Now, it's interesting because just a few verses before our text, they are told to look to the past by remembering the great things that God did for them at the Red Sea. But here in our text, they are told to not remember the former things or consider the things of old. God seems to be telling them to catch a case of selective amnesia. It's funny how there are some things that we can remember, but there are some things that we forget. You can be in a room full of people who love and admire you, and they are showering you with accolades and compliments. But the only person who you notice is the one who criticized you. You forget about the other hundred people who told you you did a good job. 
There might be hundreds of positive comments on something that you posted on social media, but it's that one negative comment that really stands out to you. God blesses us so much that we can't keep track, but let one bad thing happen to us, and the first thing we do is pray to God asking why you let this thing happen to me. God be like, I blessed you 5,052 times just today, and you, you, don't, you don't remember the whole waking up in the morning thing and the breath in your lungs and the, the prac that your legs work on this morning? You don't remember any of that? You just remember this jerk that cut you off in traffic? Is that all you remember? <laughs> Amen. That's what you remember? But we are geared to, it is human nature, we are geared to focus on the painful and the negative aspects and feelings, and those are the things that we remember. They register more on our sensory meter. But in this case, God is telling us to practice selective amnesia in the opposite direction that we usually practice it in. He's telling them and us to remember the past in terms of the great work that God has done on our behalf. He's telling us that we must forsake and forget the past with all of its discouragement and failure and defeat and move on to what he has for us in the future. Tell your neighbor that God has something for you in the future. He says to them, behold, I will do a new thing. You see, staying stuck in the past can keep us from the new thing that God wants to do in our lives. God is waiting to do something new in your life. He's put something inside of each of us and he is trying to bring it out. He's trying to make it spring forth, but the problem is that we hold on to the former things. We hold on to the way that things looked in the past. If Israel had stayed stuck in bondage and the oppression of Babylon in their minds and their spirits and hearts, if they had stayed stuck in the bondage of their past, then they would never recognize the new thing that God was doing when he released them from exile. Shall you not know it? God asked the same question of us today. Shall you not know it? I am doing a new thing. Shall you not know it? Will you stay in step with my spirit? When he leads you into something new, shall you not know it you see God is a God of the new yes we do need to remember history what has made us who we are today but beloved in order to progress we have to be open to the new thing that God wants to do in our lives I said in order to move forward and to progress we have to be open for the new thing that God wants to do in our lives. And God uses change 
to bring out the new. If you're afraid of change, if you're trying to resist change, you will become stagnant and complacent. You see, we should always be growing in Christ. You shouldn't be in the same place with God now as you were last year. You should be climbing and climbing to new heights. You should be striving to be closer to him every day. Why? Because he's trying to do a new thing in you. And you need to let it spring forth. Matthew 19 and 16 says, no one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment for the patch pulls away from the garment and the tear is made worse. <clears throat> Nor do they put new wine into old wineskins or else the wineskins break and the wine is spilled and the wineskins are ruined but they put new wine into new wineskins and both are preserved. I know we don't drink up in here but y'all know what I'm talking about. New wine into new wineskins. A new thing into a new mind state. The new thing that God wants to do in your life will not flourish in the old wineskin of your old mind state. It will not flourish in your past perspectives and habitual thinking. Many of us are still held in bondage by the pain and the failures of our past, by our mistakes. Many of us are still held in bondage by our backgrounds, by our past perspectives, by our past expectations. Well, nothing I've ever done has tried before, so why should I even try again now? Well, it didn't work out for my daddy. It didn't work out for my granddaddy. This is just who we are. This is just where I'm from. The devil is a lie. The devil is a lie. I don't care about what you went through. I don't care about what mistakes you made. I don't care about what your parents and your daddy and mama and them did. The devil is a lie. You have to pray that God renews your mind daily. Every day our task is to pray for him to open our eyes so that we can see the new thing that he is doing in our lives. You see, a big part of the vision for West Angeles as we move into the future is that West Angeles will be a place where God would unlock that potential, that purpose that he has put inside of each of us and reveal to each of us what his will is for our life. I laugh when people are like, well, people just don't know your vision for the church. There it is right there. West Angeles is to be a place where you will meet the purpose and the potential that God has put inside of your life. The world needs for us to be salt. The world needs for us to be light. God has put something beautiful inside of you. But you have to forget the former things because God is doing a new thing. 
God is doing a new thing in West Angeles and we have to make sure that we don't miss it because we're looking in the wrong direction. We have to make sure that we're not looking to the past when we should be asking ourselves what God is doing in the now and in the future. Now I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Some of us are worried about how to get those who left the church to come back into the house of the Lord when the Lord is going to send new people to fill and build this house. People who've never been to church before. People who are going to spread the love of his God, spread his love and his gospel to the world. People who are going to change the world. Some of us are trying to make it like it was back in the day, but God is trying to do a new thing. We need to be ready. Give the Lord praise if you want to be a part of the new thing that he is doing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give him praise on this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But in the meantime, we don't have to worry because the fourth aspect, y'all forgot it was four aspects. The fourth aspect of our text this morning was again a declaration. God declares that I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. That means that while God is in the middle of doing a new thing, in the middle of all of this change, while it is springing forth, while you're in the midst of change and adversity, God will be faithful. Look at your neighbor and say, God promised to be faithful. He will make a way when there seems to be no way. He will provide rivers in the desert. He will provide rivers in the midst of your desert. While God is doing a new thing and taking us through change, we just have to remember that it is him that is taking us. We have to remember and have faith that he has everything under control and that he knows where he is taking us. Why? Because he knows where he is taking us. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. He says, then you will call upon me and go pray to me and I will listen to you. He will hear you and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity, back from your past, back from your mistakes, back from your defeat, back from your pain. I will bring you back from your captivity. All we have to do in the middle of God doing a new thing is to continue to seek him and search for him with all of our hearts. No matter what's happening, you can rest in the fact that you are in God's will and in his hands 
of protection. All things work for the good of those. All things work for the good of those that love the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, it's all for the good. He said he would be our sword. He said he would be our shield. He said he would be your rock. He said he would be your fortress. Jesus himself said in John 16 and 33 that these things I have spoken to you that in me you have, might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. Just remember the command that we were given in Philippians 4 and 6 to be anxious for nothing. But when ever, but by everything in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, say thank the Lord. Let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God. The peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds. How many of you need something to guard your heart and your mind? When the world seems to be coming apart, when the banks collapse and everything goes down, when the market is going down, everything is going crazy, how many of you need something to guard your heart and your mind? Well, our God promises he would do that through Christ Jesus. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail and the fields yield no food, Though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. I may be in the midst of change, yet I'm going to praise him. I may not know what's going to happen tomorrow, but yet I will praise him. Somebody in here give the Lord a yet praise. Yet uh, let all of my yet praisers stand up and give him Lord and give him praise on today. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody give the Lord praise with me on today. Yet I will praise him. Oh, don't make me praise him by myself. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Oh, come on, please worshiping him. Praise the name of Jesus. He Stay there for a few more seconds. All oh, giving praise on this morning. 